0: the stuff we talk about isn't really that controversial it's just like laying out information yeah I mean I guess people will probably be offended about the 9-11 one but it's like would you rather believe that like 19 people from Saudi Arabia just took down two towers and hit like up the pentagon <laughs>
1: <laughs> no for real I, I I was thinking about that too like the I didn't think we really said anything controversial in that 9-11 mm-hmm. podcast but also like We said a lot of things that were just not, like, to the narrative, and also, like, we didn't really name drop, men. we didn't really name drop anyone, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess we could, like, Larry, so we kind of did, but also, I don't know. I feel
0: like everyone knows about him. I don't know, I... Well, I guess... I, I don't think that his name means too much. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're just pulling something out that people couldn't figure out on their own. Yeah. I think that's when you start getting yourself into some pickles is when you're pulling out names of people that... Like, you'd really have to do a deep dive in to figure out how they were connected.
1: No, for real. Okay, I think I've got everything set up here. So... All right, well, welcome back to our ten viewers. Um, hopefully, you learned a lot from the first episode. We're gonna be talking about uh, MK Ultra today. Uh, I'm your co-host, Caleb, and oh, I guess our names, our last names, are on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Uh, I'm Caleb Kell, and uh, here's my co-host Simon Heller. Maybe we can just bleep that out or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I guess um, let's just talk a bit about like what we're actually talking about um, and why we're talking about it. So we decided to talk about conspiracy theories and not exclusively conspiracy theories, as we'll kind of see today. Um, uh, MK Ultra was a government program, and back in its time, if you were talking about this in the late 50s and 60s, you would have been called a conspiracy theorist, um, or you, probably something worse. You would have been called crazy, like, the things that happened just don't sound real, they sound like a movie. Um, so if you were kind of questioning these things, especially back then, you were somebody you were crazy so um we'll kind of be talking about MK Ultra today and with the podcast in general I think one of our main goals is to just talk about things that we feel are relevant to our like current situation um there's a lot of like media and news that we're shown every day and it's so hard to filter it out. And a lot of things that we're told in the news and media and even like history classes um, is sometimes not true even, like just straight up not true. Like we're, we're lied to so much in the media, whether it's from Twitter or anything. We're, just, we're lied to like all the time. And I think one of the things that we want to do is try to just discern what the truth is. And that's such a hard thing to do. I don't know. We're going to do our best. So I don't know if you want to add anything to that. I think that's one of our main goals is to just talk about things, whether they're conspiracies or not, um, things that have inconsistencies and things that we feel are just interesting to share with everyone. So I don't know. Yeah, I
0: think it's, main goal is just to provide a different perspective because all stories have different sides to them and if you're only reading one story from one source you won't truly understand it but if you're formulating your own opinion or how the story actually happened from different sources you're probably going to get a little bit of information that conflicts or a lot but at the end of the day you'll likely have a better understanding of for in our case today, mind control experiments, MK Ultra. And that's pretty much our goal, at least my goal is just to provide a different perspective and let people know that questioning things is okay and it's actually one of the more important things you can do in your life. Keeps your brain functioning well, keeps your mind creative, things like that.
1: It's yeah, if you don't you know, if you don't question yourself, you're not like challenging yourself and you're just being like lazy. I feel like if you don't, it didn't even have to be question yourself. If you question anything, you know, you're, you're, you are thinking more and whether you're yeah. like, whether you're doing it in the right way. Um, sometimes it's like a bad thing to question everything. I feel like we'll talk a bit about Alex Jones later this episode too. Maybe this will be two episodes depending on how long we go. But uh, um, I feel like if you do question everything, you become like an Alex Jones figure, and then you're just, you're all over the place. And Mm -hmm. if you're, um, if you're like a viewer of Alex Jones, and you are, if you believe everything he says and everything, you know, his people say, um, like, you're just, you're out of touch with reality. Like, they're, are true things that he says and some things that are useful but for the majority I feel like it's just all kind of garbage.
0: well I'd say if you comment or question too many like you can even question almost anything Mm -hmm. but if you make that your entire focus is like every different issue it almost becomes a little schizophrenic
1: yes with
0: your like if you have a few issues that you question you question them strongly I think that's really healthy. But mm-hmm. if you're questioning every single thing, I think it almost fractures your mind in a way where now you don't even trust things that are you're seeing in front of you and you know are reality. Because everything in your mind has been trained to just question and mistrust. But I think for someone like Alex Jones, it really creates this lack of credibility when you do question certain things that you don't know about as much. Whereas if you have all the information and you're still questioning it, that's healthy. But for his listeners, what I'd say is a problem with conspiracy theorists and people who listen to them is that you almost start seeing them as a source of only true information. And when you do that, you're completely withdrawing yourself from any of your own responsibility to question these things on your own and formulate your own opinions. So it might start out as like a healthy, oh, I'm starting to see things in a light that I didn't see before. But once you start listening to that same person on a daily basis, you start creating that habit in your mind where they're almost like a God figure with what they say has to be true and anyone who questions them is wrong and you don't use your own mind to delve into information as much anymore because you're just only intaking it from one person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: it's... Right. A hundred percent. And it's not even, it doesn't even have to be a single person. Like it could be, it could be Fox news. It could be CNN. It could be, it could be anything. Like if you're only looking at one thing and you're consistently looking at it, that's the only source of truth for you. And if you're not questioning it, you're just going to take everything for face value. Um, you were talking about how like, uh, shoot, uh, with, uh, shoot. Alex's viewers and how they're, um, how they only, they only focus on him. And how, th- like, if you only have that one person, it's, it, they are like a god figure. And I feel like Alex's, like, mannerisms and his, his whole website, his whole Infowars and Bandai video website, it just, feeds into and grows like it's like a it's like a seed if it's like gets planted inside of you like when you start listening to it more and more he just he like traps you it's cliffhangers after cliffhangers and everything he says will just point to it almost like forces you to listen to it more and then he'll try to sell you pills so It's, but it's like, that's the easy thing to do. Like, I feel like it's, again, it's hard to have different sources of information, like constantly, it's hard to draw from Mm -hmm. different sources all the time, especially when they're polar opposites. Like Alex Jones is not going to be saying or agreeing with anything that's in almost any mainstream, like media source. So... How do you how do you decide what's true when they're saying the exact opposite thing, but they each all have what seems like credible, like sources? I don't know. It's so it's it's just confusing sometimes. Yeah.
0: So do you want to start talking about him right away, or do you? Want um.
1: To- why, why don't we just continue talking about him, and then, I guess we'll talk about MK Ultra. We'll talk about it later. Um, okay. Sounds good. Why don't we... So, I'll call you the Alex Jones uh, specialist. Um, You've probably, especially out of everyone I know, you've probably, like, researched him or at least listened to him the most. Um, Do you, just like, off the bat, do you think he actually believes what he's saying? Or, yeah, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I'd say he definitely believes what he's saying and I think the problem with him is he has so many strong opinions and sometimes he's giving you a very strong opinion about something that he might not be quite as familiar with as he ought to be to have that strong opinion. Mm -hmm. But I kind of just like to start with the Alex Jones' story from beginning to end because if you don't understand that, I don't think you'll understand the figure and the persona that Alex Jones truly is where you have all of his super dedicated listeners who genuinely think that he's telling the truth constantly Mm -hmm. and basically feed off of his his information as though it's water in the desert. Mm -hmm. And then you have the entirety of mainstream media which demonizes him and celebrates the fact that he's now having to pay 900 billion plus dollars Uh Um, for questioning an event, whereas there's many other people who did the same and simply had to retract their statements. Yeah. So, the start (laughs) of the Alex Jones story, I think it's about 1997 to 98. He went to community college and he essentially just decided, you know, these people are trying to indoctrinate me and I don't believe what they're saying. And it doesn't really match up with the reality that I see every single day. So after he dropped out of community college, he started uh, working for a local cable news station as like a nightly broadcaster. So he was like extremely low level to begin with. Hmm. And one interesting thing that I actually learned was that he started off doing this cable news program and people in Austin, Texas where he's from actually would like smoke weed and then listen to him because they thought everything he was saying was so esoteric and out there and just something that most people wouldn't be willing to say. But from that, his main um, points, I guess you could say he sets up a storyline, but the overarching story is the fact that there's this secretive group controlling things behind the scenes And he calls them both the New World Order collectively and the globalists Globalists. individually. (laughs) So essentially what he's saying is you're getting some lip service when you're watching TV and you're seeing politicians. But there's really an overarching plan to create this one world government and there's certain organizations and families and individuals that are at the head of these groups. And a lot of these people you don't even know their names because they have the public face which I guess you could say the public face would be certain prime ministers and presidents throughout the world Um, you know Rockefellers Rothschilds those sort of people who have a lot of power money and influence but at the end of the day he even believes that there's a group beyond them more powerful more wealthy but what I believe that he says is true is true power and true wealth doesn't want to be seen so they have their essentially what you would call minions out there trying to formulate this world government Mm -hmm. and from his this is basically how he started off on his cable news program he probably had you know a few thousand listeners nightly and continued to grow and eventually he extended off from the cable news program and started his own company called Infowars, which i i'm pretty sure he's been running for over 20 years now
1: i think it's and it's been a long time
0: (laughs) yeah it's been quite a while and he started off by questioning events like 9 11 like we talked about in our first episode one thing that he was really strongly against was like government surveillance of citizens through the patriot act and other events especially ones in texas like waco Mm -hmm. he was on the ground floor questioning things. And Alex Jones actually didn't start off as this right wing extremist that everyone kind of knows him to be now, which now it's likely due to the fact that he's really hardcore in support of Trump and holds on to Trump as though he's the leader of this anti globalist movement to save sovereign nations and prevent them from just morphing into this global hegemony one country basically in the entire world thing so from yeah what you
1: gonna say uh i was just gonna comment on one of my biggest issues i have with him is so he talks about and to an extent he is right about a lot of these families who just have a lot of money and like they'll they'll buy like the washington post or whatever you know like people Mm -hmm. who have a lot of money and they're able to use it for some sort of power the issue that i have with him is he believes that there's these people that we can't name and we won't know these names and that's what i feel like attracts his audiences so much is there's this like secrecy to there's these people that we don't know and we can't name them and then that gives him the ability to just never truly give you the names of people that are wronging us in all these situations but we're not able to put a name to the face but that's what he just keeps drawing back to so he'll never and he he's able to never put a name out there and he'll Mm -hmm. still get the viewers because of that like that's one of the biggest issues i have with him is he's just not able to really prove any any of, the, like, those higher powers, which is pretty foundational to, I feel like, like what he believes is the whole interconnected system of these people and their just ability to manipulate everything that we see. And that's kind of what he truly believes in. But it's just difficult when you can't put a name to that face. Yeah,
0: and I think it's a lot easier in hindsight to look back at the people who were doing it in the past. Like you can go Mm -hmm. through the names of these people like Andrew Carnegie, the Carnegie foundation, John D Rockefeller, Rothschilds, all of these people. So in Mm -hmm. hindsight, you actually can see, you know, that either highest group or second highest group that is truly and undoubtedly pushing for this, uh, globalization of the world whether successfully or unsuccessfully but when you're in the present you have new generations and new people and most of the time actually with successful and wealthy people their kids aren't as capable and sometimes just not motivated to carry on their initial mission Mm -hmm. so it's almost as though those names could honestly be changing and you just don't know who the new players in the system are interesting so A little bit of a defense for him on that, but I will give you the fact that there's always that cliffhanger where it's like, I have the documents, yeah. white papers, secrecy, things like that. Yeah. But I kind of want to get into a little bit more of just how he became the polarizing figure that he is now. Because in the past, he actually got arrested for heckling George Bush when he was running for governor of <laughs> yeah. Texas. Yeah. And well, there's a whole video of him getting pinned up against a glass wall and getting taken away and all of these things so people nowadays see him as this guy who's super right-wing and just you know anti everything left-wing but in the past he was equally criticizing and even getting arrested um going yeah. against both sides of the system i think so, there's this
1: story of like him he, it was him and somebody else he was wearing a bush mask and he was i'm pretty sure yeah, that's him and joe joe rogan that's <laughs> right yeah They were wearing, he was wearing a Bush mask and I don't know, whatever, but they were in Texas somewhere and yeah, it's so opposite to what today, everyone only thinks of him as like a far right dude, but I don't know. Uh Yeah, keep going. Yeah, sorry.
0: and I think there was, because there was a while, and I've listened to a lot of his older episodes, you can actually still find some of them on YouTube if you use DuckDuckGo and have really strong keywords that you're searching, Mm -hmm. so I would when i worked outside in summer i'd be landscaping for 10 to 12 hours a day and i'd need something to listen to because my brain just needs yeah i guess you could call it stimulation yeah but creativity more than anything because he does present a storyline that is compelling at certain points
1: it's entertaining but at the end of
0: the day it's entertaining yeah. your mind needs to work especially if you're not like looking at him speaking your mind still has the ability to work while he's talking Mm -hmm. and it seemed like there was the first 10 15 years of Infowars where Alex Jones was this criticism of government no matter who's in control criticizing the genetically modified food criticizing aerosol injections into the sky to manipulate the weather (laughs) and it was a lot of really interesting topics that only listeners who had high iqs and were willing to question things would tune into because other people they genuinely do just want to be fed information from fox news or cnn and that's the life that they're happy to live and that's okay i
1: think there's a lot alex Jones. you keep going yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah his listeners for those 10 to 15 years because he always has phone calls and you can tell that he's not paying the people to call in because Every once in a while, there's just this one, two calls every day where they just rip him to shreds. And sometimes he takes it, and other times he shuts him down. Mm -hmm. But his callers would call in and organically be feeding him more and more information and playing off of the ideas and stories that he was already showing and giving real-life examples of how they were recognized in their own lives and their own communities.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that's just, uh, that might just be crazy people though that are just reinforcing the ideas that they just keep hearing. But
0: you can kind of tell when someone's crazy and when someone genuinely cares and has a certain level of intelligence that allows them to dive deeper into these things. And I'm just saying for those 10 to 15 years, his callers were incredibly smart. Here's that. Okay.
1: I just want to comment on that. So I'm writing a paper about kind of this topic, and uh, there was a study on social media and conspiracy theories, and it looked specifically at, like, right-wing supporters and their beliefs on conspiracy theories, and... They like, hypothesized that you know these people were going to be dumb and crazy and they were going to have no real knowledge of politics. And they found the exact opposite where, and it's so kind of strange, but these people knew what was going on in politics. They knew how these systems worked. And they weren't dumb, but they just were very believable in these conspiracy theories. So I guess that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense, especially if you're going to call into a show like... Like, if you're going to call on the Alex Jones show, you're probably going to have something to say. And I don't know. I I feel like you could be super intelligent, but at the same time, like, you can be so misled by somebody who just knows how to talk well. And yeah. I feel like that's just the case most of the times.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, I was going to end up agreeing with you on that point, too, because mm-hmm. those first 15 years of Info Wars, it seemed like he was actively and equally just going against the government trying to promote organic food trying to do all these things arm the public so that they're more safe you know just basically in his own way help his listeners to be healthier mm-hmm. and then comes donald trump into the political sphere mm-hmm. and if you listen to some of trump's early speeches he was talking about the globalists and how we needed to Maintain the sovereignty of the United States and questioning certain events like 9 11, or just, you know, doing his little tweets where he would also give cliffhangers. Mm -hmm. But he was like basically the first conspiracy theorist candidate that actually caught traction, obviously, by the time he became president. Mm -hmm. And Alex Jones, I think, I don't know whether this is true, but it was almost as though. He had become so exhausted from being the head conspiracy theorist leader of the entire movement. Mm-hmm. And he just latched on to Donald Trump, even though Donald Trump wasn't agreeing with everything he said.
1: Yeah. And he wasn't
0: being so active. It was in, just
1: easy for him to do that, though.
0: It, yes. So he would he would give you bits and pieces of
1: conspiracies
0: and question certain things without going into too much detail. So yeah. Alex Jones, I think, saw that. They told
1: immediately it was like, he totally played into that too. I remember and I when I would listen to him, it was during like the Trump presidency and he would always talk about like I'm talking with the president and all this like yeah. That's that is very true. I bet he totally just kind of piggybacked off of Trump cuz Trump was a huge wave, right? Like uh-huh. all of his supporters and dude, I'm sure I'm sure Alex got so many more viewers just from mm-hmm. Trump and I guarantee those also just boosted his sales and everything. And so that encouraged him even more to just continue to play into the Trump narrative because mm-hmm. they were like, they were supporting him and it, it was reinforcing his ideas. He's seen all these people are now supporting and they're buying all his products. And cause he really stepped his game up. Like if you watch videos of his ads and stuff from back then, they're pretty similar to what he does now but he's really on like another sort of level when he's like try i feel when he's just manipulating people i don't know
0: yeah which would make sense because if all of that funding came in he would be able to hire more people all of the mm-hmm. graphics
1: would get stronger exactly. everything would just become more attractive look at his whole setup exactly it's it's so it looks official right it gives him credibility that yep. big ass table with those screens behind him That literally gives him credibility for whatever he's going to say. Like, look at us right now, dude. We don't have – we, you know, (laughs) bro, could you imagine – I'm not even on – Exactly, dude. (laughs) Imagine if we were (laughs) – imagine if we were in Alex Jones. Like, we're sitting at his table. We've got all the people we need. They're doing research for him as well. Like, it's, you know, it's just feeding into this whole system. And that's just InfoWars.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then you'll see like his backgrounds behind him. He'll have huge screens up,
1: and I think it
0: gets a, into a little bit of the mind control aspect that no, we're we'll probably going to talk about it later. it Totally does, because those images like they're pretty captivating. Yes, it'll just be smoke or a nice sunset or uh, overhead shot of Washington D.C. or the White House or like, and it's so mug shots. I yeah. was
1: I was watching one. I was watching one today and. He It was probably like a 2013 episode, so it was probably like 10 years old, and he literally just had like a box TV behind him that was just rotating images, and it was like, here's a map of the Middle East, and it's got like X's on it, but you can't even tell what it's doing, and it has nothing to do with what he's talking about, and then it's like mug shots, and it still has nothing to do with what he's talking about, but it's just, you're like if you're not interested with what he's talking about, you're going to be looking at that and you're you're still just going to be connected with him regardless of if you're even digesting the, sh- the shit he's saying. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I think it's like he had a really pure motive for those 15 years. Trump walks in, he gets all this funding. It reinforces his mindset that, hey, I'm going to have to latch onto this guy because... Whether he knows it or not, I'm making money off of him, which is a smart business decision on his part, but Mm -hmm. I think he lost his path from where he was genuinely criticizing and questioning things, trying to help his viewers understand the world in a way that could make sense because when you don't understand the world and you're getting all of this information that you believe to be true, but it just doesn't add up in reality, your mind might not recognize it but it does affect your life so I think his goals those 15 years were fairly pure and then once Trump reinforced his money mindset I think he got drunk on the power that he had with more listeners Mm -hmm. and maybe literally drunk too but
1: (laughs) (laughs) no he definitely was yeah like (laughs)
0: Yeah. yeah and then also just when he realized how much money he was pulling in it was as though I either have to expand or I have to go back to the simpler conspiracy theory, pure motives that he had in the past. Because now, if you listen to what he talks about, he'll, like, vaguely or occasionally bring up the topics that he used to. Like, you know, five G, yeah, yeah, you know, cloud seeding for weather manipulation, or how bad genetically modified food is for you, mm-hmm. um, putting chemicals in the water, fluoride, right. things like that, and now it's like as though he's a political talk show host, which yeah. in the past he was a conspiracy theorist. Yes, yeah, that's and people still, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, people still call him a conspiracy theorist. But I don't really see him that way as much anymore. Yeah. I see him more as a political talk show host because he genuinely used to not believe in the American voting system, mm-hmm. which you can evidence in his questioning of the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. But he still tells people to vote. He says we need to get people back in office. All of these things. Yeah. Whereas that's in the past, it was as though contradicting. Yep, he knew in the past that there is no way to fix the system from the inside. Yeah. And now he believes there is. And I think it's all because of Donald Trump and he latched his horse to that wagon.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he that honestly would make sense. Like the first – and I, I kind of agree with you earlier um, that he probably does believe almost everything he says. There's definitely times where he I, – I probably don't believe – he even believes what he's saying. He's just probably saying it for buzzwords or for clicks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if he's like that first 10 to 15 years of trying to grow his show and like get an audience, he definitely has to be a hundred percent like dedicated to everything he's saying. So he, I can totally see how he's just fully into that he believes it and then Trump comes and he realizes that he's got to probably change something about his show where he either just continues that narrative or he latches on to Trump now and he rides this wave of I I feel like it's just he's almost riding the wave of the two party system now like he and he definitely wasn't Way back then. He was just... Mm-hmm. We talked about this earlier. He was against both sides. But now he definitely... He doesn't endorse... I feel like he doesn't endorse the right as much as like we are told. But he definitely like is compliant with the right a lot more than the left. He just definitely plays into the whole... He plays into Trump like characters. He... That he uses the buzzwords that makes people listen to him it's the cliffhangers it's it's all of that and it's like it's almost like i feel he's transitioning to like fox news like i i listen i hear him and then i also hear tucker carlson and they sound <laughs> very similar i don't even i haven't heard news about tucker carlson in a long time but like a while ago they just the the language that they were using and like their style of like fear and shock it's just it was just very similar and mm-hmm. it's it's so weird because that's not like a that's not a conspiracy theorist right that's a total I agree he's totally like a political news figure now he's he's not really he's not even really a journalist I feel like maybe mm-hmm. like definitely not like an investigative I don't know but yeah yeah
0: I definitely agree with your points about Tucker. It seems like Tucker's three months behind Alex Jones, but once it hits those three months, he's saying almost the same things that Alex Jones was saying Mm -hmm. three months earlier. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, fear is what sells for them now.
1: Totally. Because
0: in the past, fear sold in a way, but it was also Alex Jones providing solutions to the problems that did rightfully strike fear into people, but the solutions were always there. Now the solutions aren't there. The fear still is and the fear is what's selling, which does make sense from a business perspective, but it makes you question the morality and dedication to actually solving problems. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I remember, I remember like probably a year or two ago when, when COVID was happening, he uh, was playing into the whole like, uh, you know, the world's going to shut down. You need these survival kits and all these like dried foods and all that. Like, Mm -hmm. and it was totally fear motivated. Everything he would talk about would just point to uh, like civilization is just going to fall. And I, that's, yeah, I was in an Uber with my Uber driver like two weeks ago. I forget who he was talking to somebody who he told me to go on rumble. And I, as soon as he said rumble, I was like, This dude's probably crazy, but he, uh, he was telling me how like the world's going to shut down in 10 days and all the cell phones are going to shut down. And it's like these people, that's not going to happen. These people are just, they're driven by fear, right? Everything that Mm -hmm. they, and they just keep reinforcing themselves. And yeah, we've talked about that, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, when you are in a fear mindset, there's actually a chemical released into your brain Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the chemical in your brain is addictive so you want more and more of it even though like technically being in a fear state is very unhealthy for you mm-hmm. your brain feels like it needs it more and more and that's one reason why he is so successful is because it does sell it totally... like you were saying about Tucker if you go and look at Tucker Carlson's uh, YouTube titles after he does a show they'll post his stuff to YouTube every single title is either a cliffhanger or it's striking as much fear into you as possible before mm-hmm. even watching the video that you have to click on it.
1: Exactly. Uh, Alex does the same thing. Uh, and mm-hmm. not even like all of InfoWars does the whole, you have to do that. If you work for Alex, you have to do that. The guy with the David Knight guy that I was watching today, he, I don't even think we're going to get to MK Ultra. I don't know. We just, <laughs> Anyways, he was, so he was talking about MK Ultra and he goes. I'm gonna tell you about what they're doing today that mimics those MK Ultra programs, right? And then mm-hmm. the music cued and the camera started panning out, and it just cut to an Alex Jones ad, and it was like, <laughs> you really are just. It's it's all cliffhangers, and it's just it's painfully obvious to listen to but it's also, it's so hard just not to listen to it because yep. most of the time they eventually will get to it. And it's a lot of the time something you already knew or it never really answers the question. So his answer to the current programs that MKUltra, like like the programs are running today, he, his answer were just like, they're vaccines and we have autism in our children and no one's questioning these things. And that's the MK Ultra programs. And it's like, you really just wasted 10 minutes of my time to run an ad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what are we doing?
0: I'll give him a little bit of defense just because it's actually a radio show. So he does need to have like breaks every 5-10 minutes mm-hmm. for commercials on the radio channels. Yeah. But it is also all true that sometimes you can tell he's purposely having a cliffhanger. Whereas other times he'll genuinely be in mid conversation and then it just cuts out because you can't not have a commercial on a radio station because you're not even in control of it.
1: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: But he's, he's probably one of the most interesting people in America, I'd say.
1: Yeah. And it's strange now, right? Because he's like, he's being sued for a billion dollars and isn't it
0: 900 billion is it's, it 900 million or yeah it's not 900, 900 million it's not it's like 950 some million
1: yeah. yeah so it's it's strange because it's it, it almost like induces more fear and i haven't listened to alex like recently but i assume ever since like these lawsuits started coming like the fear just kept coming out into his audience like I'm sure he played into that tremendously, but I don't know. I just don't think – it's not constructive for anything, especially now. It's like I don't understand how – I don't even understand how he can give accurate information without out having 50 different people working for him. He's got so much stuff he's running. He's already – He's they went into bankrupt- bankruptcy. He's losing a billion dollars. And he's still trying to sell dick pills on his website. (laughs) Like, I just, it's, it's feel like, I feel like his wave has ended now. He probably peaked like right before Trump. And financially, he probably peaked during COVID. And now he's, Mm -hmm. he's probably just trying to ride that wave out, but it's not going to last. It's just not going to last very much longer. I don't feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I think it would be important to realize is there were a few I think the first lawsuit that he had was actually in Texas, but it was still about sandy Hook mm-hmm. and he was required to pay fifty four million somewhere in that range, yeah. But Texas state law actually states that you can only pay... Like 100000 your, or something? It's capped at like 750000 Okay. Today. So based on the amount of people who are involved in the lawsuit, he was actually only legally allowed to pay like $3.5 or something. Mm-hmm. So it's what I really struggle with. And maybe you can help me out with this a little bit is... A lot of people consider Alex Jones to be controlled opposition where mm-hmm. he's put there as a puppet, maybe even by the very people that Alex Jones is allegedly raging against and trying to expose as this group, creating a global government. Yeah. And essentially what the reason why they put him out there is in the people's minds who consider him to be controlled opposition. They say... He's put out there to be a false and inorganic face of the true movement against this globalist government. But what I don't understand is this media and politicians, they're almost all against Alex Jones, and they degrade his name, they sue him. Yeah, I mean, you don't sue someone for $950 million (laughs) if... He's on your team yeah so how can he be this fake face of a movement that should truly be moving forward to keep sovereign nations keep power with the people not these upper-level organizations and governmental groups and also be literally the most demonized person By the group that he allegedly works for. How does that make sense? It
1: I don't think Yeah, I I don't think it does. Like he is he he tries to like he tries to put action to his word, I feel like, or at least he used to. Which Uh if he was controlled opposition, he would not have I don't think he would have pushed like the January 6th stuff as much. And I feel like ah, – I, th- I don't think he's controlled opposition. It's just he's. he's been doing this for way too long. He's – I just I, – I can't see it. I yeah. don't understand
0: hey, – let, let me help a little bit.
1: I don't understand why, why they would – why? Why would you create the Alex Jones figure if he's – I guess, to just spread misinformation. But what does that do?
0: The story is that Alex Jones was created as a persona and boosted up to the level that he's currently at so that no real organic face of the movement can be made because he's already there. He's top dog. And they don't have to worry about a thing because they know Alex Jones is Alex Jones. And he's on their team. So in that way, like, it's a good idea if it's true. Yeah. So one thing that I'd like to just go over is January 6th, mm -hmm. Alex Jones, like, called everyone there. And he claims, and it looks like it from the pictures that I've seen, that there were over a million people in Washington, D.C. to protest the election on January 6th. Mm -hmm. And then... After getting all these people there, whether he knew it or not, the capital is charged and well, I would say he left and it he? would be more reasonable for them to get trespassing claims than anything else rather than be rotting in a jail cell with no court date. <laughs> Alex Jones got everyone there, but then during the event, Alex Jones didn't even yeah. go. That's near right. Near the Capitol. He, just he was on the outside telling people not to actually. On oh, his really? loudspeaker. Yeah, there's videos of him on the loudspeaker saying, we need to be I peaceful. Don't go that. into the Capitol. Um, yeah, there's – I mean, you can find the videos so... on his website for sure. So my point is for them arguing against myself because I don't think that he's controlled opposition. Yeah. Arguing against myself though. Alex Jones gets all of these people there. Mm-hmm. He, through the storming of the Capitol or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. now there were no more questions or legal opposition to the election itself. So he gets everyone there to question the election. Mm-hmm. The result of it is no one's allowed to anymore and these people are in prison and there's this overarching narrative that yeah. Trump supporters, Alex Jones listeners are these horrible people who did January 6th, yeah. but Alex Jones is on the outside, saving face, saying this is peaceful, we yeah. need to be peaceful, don't go into the Capitol. Yeah. Is it possible that he knew from the start that that was going to happen, and he knew that he would have the viability shield of being the one knowing it and being on the outside actively stating that he wasn't a part of it in the moment? or was that just yeah. organic and Alex Jones is actually
1: a fairly decent person. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, just for real I I can't answer that honestly. I don't I yeah. think I I want to say he's just a great person, right? Like <laughs> but also how he had to have known all their whole like all of their language during that time was like predicated on violence and storming the Capitol. Like people flew across the country to get there and you just yeah, expect they, them yeah. to stand outside and, and that's it. They're just going to stand there. Right? No, these people are mm-hmm. crazy. These are like human supporters. These, these people have been, they've been manipulated like years prior and I'm sure Trump was tweeting things of violence i know steven crowder tweeted something like war uh tomorrow is war or something like that and i think it was before Uh yeah so it's like he he had to have known that at least a minor like a group a small group of the people getting like going there were going to be violent whether they were going to storm the capital or just be violent with like people outside of the Capitol, you know, anything he had to have known mm-hmm. something was going to happen, right? Uh, like it's I th- but also uh, like he he couldn't of he couldn't have stopped it, right? Like uh-huh. he didn't start that that January 6th rally. He definitely no. helped. He definitely boosted it like crazy, but yep. It was mainly just Trump, right? If I'm not mistaken, it was mainly Trump and I his... I think it was
0: Trump and then just, like, various talk show hosts yeah. getting their listeners right.
1: involved. Yeah. Because
0: Trump was promoted. Exactly.
1: So, yeah. And I don't... I don't... Like, I have sympathy in that way. Like, Like, he obviously did not... I don't feel he intended, like, specifically for his viewers to go there and try to kill people but Mm -hmm. i i I just don't see how he could not have seen that happening
0: yeah and which is interesting because i don't know that i've heard anyone call into his show and state that their family member who was a listener of the show or whatever got arrested so it was almost like Mm. Infowars people weren't the ones who were going into the building and yet it still happened, and maybe he knew that. So either way, it's almost as though he has a little bit of a brighter side where maybe he just organically was on the outside saying, let's be peaceful, don't go into the Capitol. Or he had so much trust in his listeners to be a little bit higher IQ than everyone who was going in there. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, does I don't he, know. It's I d- just, he, there's no way... Uh. There's no way he believes all of his viewers have like a high IQ because he is Mm -hmm. playing into these like psychological, you're going to buy my vitamins, you know, all that stuff. Like he, he knows a good portion of his viewers are crazy people that are just listening to him to like reinforce everything. And there's, but there's also a good amount of his viewers that probably do are pretty smart and they do question things and whatnot. But, uh, again, are those the people that are going to be going to the Capitol on January 6th? I don't think so. I have a feeling it's the ones who are working nine-to-five jobs and listening to them all day, every day. Like, they're just continuing to listen. Like, they're not... Like, I have a feeling most of them are just the crazy people. So, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Do you have
0: any other questions?
1: Um... I think I do actually. Let me. Um... Oh yeah, you were. Um... No, that's more about MK Ultra. We've gone like an hour or two, um... and I kind of want to cap this at like an hour. Or so, if you want to, if you have anything else you want to talk about, Alex, um... I think we covered a good portion, honestly.
0: Yeah. So I guess what I would say is, if you want the story of Alex Jones and you want the purity, it would be best to listen to his stuff from before 2015. Mm-hmm. And I hope that he comes around again and changes his mind about Trump. Because if you look at it objectively, Trump did more to hurt the right wing than he did to help it. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for a lot of people on the left wing to see that Donald Trump is basically a New York City Democrat and actually promoted more of their There were certain things that he did that were pro-right-wing, but Donald Trump Mm -hmm. confiscated more guns than, uh, and enacted more gun laws than Barack Hussein Obama did. Did he really? Yeah. And Barack Obama deported more illegal immigrants than Donald Trump did. And yet there's this narrative around Donald Trump that he's this far-right-wing president that is so unbelievably against the left wing Mm -hmm. whereas that narrative it seems like it was almost created to allow him to still act like that new york city democrat he has been his entire life funding hillary clinton's campaign in the past and then running against it (laughs) you know all of these things that make you realize that donald trump isn't this right-wing conservative with traditional values he's been married and divorced how many times he cheated on his wife Mm-hmm. He, all of these things. He's also
1: not an outsider, like he continually yeah. claimed him to be like, yeah, no dude.
0: And he ran on draining the swamp. He put Goldman Sachs members in his cabinet. It's like, mm-hmm. so we're draining the swamp, but we're actually bringing more of them in. That makes no sense at all. So I guess basically what I'm trying to say is, I think Alex Jones is mischaracterized quite a bit mm-hmm. by the media. And I think he still has a speck of morality and value in him. And I think he could turn it around again, but he's going to have to change quite a bit of the way that he does business to move back into the let's question everything, but let's not favor one side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Because he used to do that. His shows were interesting. His listeners seemed to be pretty high IQ, whereas now you listen to them, and it's like, Alex Jones is my hero, he (laughs) saved my life, all of these things. Yeah. just wouldn't be said by someone who is a responsible, competent, strong individual who listens to a man who provides valuable information, Mm -hmm. interesting information, and is entertaining, because... Now I'll check in on Alex Jones and I'll listen to him here and there. Mm-hmm. But I used to listen every day and now I don't. Right. I listen no. maybe a f- once or twice a month just for some entertainment.
1: Exactly. Check in,
0: see how he's doing, see what he's talking about, things mm-hmm. like that. And I think that, not to be too arrogant about myself, I'd say that I'm one of those listeners that would come back to listening on a r- more regular basis if he did change. But until he does, I think his listener base is going to continue to grow more and more uh, lower IQ, brainwashed. blindly trusting, things like that. And it's a good segue into our next episode about mind control on Ultra because whether he's doing it on purpose or not, he does have these people in a grip that they can't really release themselves from. And he is doing it in a more moral manner where he's giving them the consent to press the button to listen every day, mm-hmm. even though he's giving them cliffhangers, whereas MK Alcher was coerced, and there was no um, words of affirmation from, uh, I guess what you would call patience.
1: Yeah, yeah there was no consent. treated like that. Yeah, so, to, in a yeah. way,
0: yeah, I think he's it's a good segue into that, because there's the mind control that happens, and people are consenting to, and there's mind control that happens and isn't consented to and we're going to have a good episode next time talking about
1: it yeah no for sure i think also it's 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 interesting how i and i wonder if this is true but i would assume that a lot of alex's viewers from the earlier 2000s and like 2010s and whatnot i wonder if they still are listening today or if they kind of came to that realization too where he did kind of just ride this wave of Trump and he stopped questioning everything and he started picking sides, which is contrary to what Alex started as, right? And it's almost mm-hmm. like it's, he played his own downfall. He grew his audience and he told all these people to continually question everything. And then eventually they're gonna question Alex, right? If, if you keep hearing question everything, question everything, well, at some point, you're probably gonna question Alex. And when you see the inconsistencies that he has, you're just gonna question him more. So I don't know. It's it's interesting to see. I agree. His viewers are probably low, starting to get like lower IQ and more just uh, like entertained by him. But they don't see the other side. They they're entertained, but they believe that entertainment. Whereas. I And personally, I I used to listen to Alex every once in a while, too. Not nearly as much as, like, every day. But I'd fall asleep listening to him sometimes. And most of the time, it was just like, wow, this dude is, like, what is he even saying? Like, I don't even understand what he's talking about. And it's entertaining because he's so into it. And it's hard to escape that if you just fall into it and also believe what he's saying. But, yeah, yeah, I think... I think our next episode on MK Ultra it's we really didn't get to any of it today, um, but yeah, I—that's a good segue to it. We'll have to—we'll uh, revisit it, and yeah, it'll be—it'll be a good episode for sure. You no. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you have anything else to say, um, I'm kind of all out here, so.
0: Uh, I'm pretty much good with what we said today. I think we covered a lot of bases and. People have a better understanding of who Alex Jones is without the constant obeying and trusting mm-hmm. that you would get from someone who listens to him so often, and you'll get a perspective different from the Alex Jones is bad in every single way possible, and he shouldn't even be allowed to speak. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think we did a pretty good job though.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think we over we. Did a good history of them and whatnot, so. All right, well, uh, thank you again to our five viewers. Hope to uh, hear back from you soon.